is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. We got a game day. Holy thank goodness. Toronto Maple Leafs set to go against the Chicago Blackhawks. Goes to Bank Arena. Almost feels like the start of the season for us. <laughs> well, the players must too. Like, are they out of shape? Uh, it feels like there hasn't been much hockey lately. There, there is a lull. There's no question that there is a lull. And yeah. it's going to pick up. Months, month of March is nuts too. Is it? I yeah. I, really looked in. It's almost like they play every other day. Thank, oh, thank goodness. God. <laughs> Listen, like, love you, Kipper, and love catching up at the start of every show. But talking about Leafs games might be a little better. For sure, it's Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolick, Sammy McKee, and soon to be in studio, the one, the only, uh, Darren Pang, who is in town to cover the game for TNT. It's in the building. He is in the building and will be joining us momentarily. He'll be a lot of fun. Of course, we've done this before with Eddie Old Chuck. Yeah. And we had an absolutely uh, great response from uh, everybody listening. Sportsnet 590, The Fan, our YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, iTunes, Spotify. It's great to have uh, guests actually oh come my in. God, I, you're so popular. My, my today. phone's on fire right now. Okay? And it just dawned on me that there's a silent button <laughs> and I should use it right now. Man, you're a popular fella. So it's all good. So uh, what do you think? Tonight, Chicago, a team that they're supposed to beat. Yeah. We pretty much said that about Columbus on Saturday yeah. night. That yeah. didn't happen. If you wanted to win 10 bucks betting on the Leafs tonight, you'd have to put up 60 to win. That's Stop how it. Yeah, it's the, the longest odds I've seen all season. Well, how would that have compared to playing Columbus yeah. at home after you beat the crap out of them yeah. Friday night? Great question. I think they were like minus 450, so 45 bucks yeah. to win 10 in that game, and they lost. They were minus 550, so bet 55 to win 10 against Arizona and lost. And they the only other time they were above minus 500, uh, they played Anaheim on a back-to-back, and they beat them 7 nothing. Now, does uh, these ridiculous odds to put up so much money to win so little have everything to do with the the fact that Chicago got spanked in Montreal and what they got into Toronto two o'clock in the morning. Yes, that's exactly it. And this is the thing though. I mean, it was Columbus on a back to back too, and Columbus going on the road when you're playing in your home building, supposed to be able to handle that. But yes, it is the same theory that, you know, Chicago's had a tough trip here, played last night, lost last night, isn't good. But that has gotten away from the Leafers in the past. You think there's any anxiety for the hockey club against a team that I, I think Luke Richardson said may have been one of their worst efforts of the season last mm. night? And oh, boy. Can they look like uh, the contending team that they should playing against one of the worst teams in the league tonight for 60 minutes? The Leafs certainly should, and we do have some commentary from Keith on that, which I think we'll get to most of that in the second half as we wait for Darren Pang. But the, uh, you know, the idea for the Leafs is this is the opportunity to show that you're not taking teams lightly, that you can still be pros and execute against teams that you know maybe aren't on your level. Oh, I see Pang are coming. Kipper, he's wearing a suit. He's going to make us look like fools. Look at this. Hi, Kipper. <laughs> <laughs> Panger, what's up? Come on, there's a guy. Come on, 
The one, the only, uh, Mr. Darren Pang. How you doing, boys? Good, how are you? Good to see Good you, to see you pal. How are you, bud? Thanks for doing this. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's five minutes away, this place. That's Good. What That's what you said, right? We had, yeah, five minutes away. Was it also 20 minutes for you, just like I, I, Eddie o? I told Eddie Olchek the same thing. You're such he, a beauty. He gave me crap. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, nice to be here. If you make a couple of lights on Jarvis, you're fine. Nuber guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we think, what, you think go. I'm driving? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I thought you were going to come pick me up. I would have, but... And probably I, a car that's a dealer car that got you got free in the city. You know, it, I, that's accurate, yes. I, if, if, I don't, <laughs> if I don't lead the pregame meetings oh, yeah. for the Real Kipper and Bourne show, the, just, it, it, it just dies. The show just dies. Okay, you lead what meetings? <laughs> <laughs> or, or pregame I've, meetings? I've... I've I've been with you a lot of shows. <laughs> I don't recall him leading. Yes. You know, I didn't feel for a second like I had to defend myself no, you there because no, you've been through it. No, you're good. You're all good. <laughs> How's your schedule? Ske- right now? Yes. Schedule? Uh, good. 2.45 hard out. All right. I got to get back to the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I got to pick up uh, Brendan Burke. Okay. We got to go meet Luke Richardson. You know, this the real job. You know yes. what I mean? The job going to the rink and remember jumping around there. and 100%. Meeting the coaches and... How about long term? Uh, or you know, the next little while here. How's it looking between now, trade deadline, after trade deadline? Mm. Um, the I'll be with the Blues um, after a TNT game on a Wednesday, and then uh, off to LA, um, LA, Arizona. So we'll be we'll have an off day after San Jose in LA. Awesome. Hanger, so, how uh, has the the prep changed over the years of doing that job? Has it always been kind of like this? Being going back to, the to being well, just in general. The bench, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, did yeah. you used to have more access to the coaches and players? Like now, you got to go through PR and everything. I imagine it didn't always used to be like that. You, you know what? When you're when you are the, uh, like on a national partner of the NHL, it does make a big difference. Yeah. Like if I was coming in here for the you know for the Blues doing a a Bally Sports Midwest game, it would be you know I'd, I'd if I knew the coach real well, send him a quick text. Hey, can I meet you outside the office? Two minutes of your time, you know, yeah. one of those. Toronto has always been, you know, a little uh, bit more guarded. Oh, we so, know. You know that. So it'd be like, oh, hopefully I get a text. Like, you know, today I I, uh, I just, I wanted to meet Joseph Wall. You know, he's a St. Louis guy. Everybody talks about him. I watched him play as a bantam. I went out to a couple yeah. of tournaments and I'd never met him before. So I did ask Steve Keogh if I could go and, you know, and go and see him. And, and be, like after practice, just everybody's going to be gone, but I'd just like to say hello to him. So I had that opportunity today, which was great, you know. So I think if you reach out to the guys, yeah, and you can get what you know, you can get what you need. Like, yeah, you know, I think like tonight, uh, uh, is it Cole Gutter? Hang on, I get better. Get <laughs> Always uh, going into his prep. <laughs> I love it going to the uh, the, the binder. Hold on. You- Kipper knows the book is out here now. I love the book. Oh, once, look at this once the book is out. Once the book is out. Right is, out then. <laughs> is, that, is that the same one we used yeah. in, in Vancouver it's, in 2010? It's, it's pretty close, buddy. It's pretty close. It's really <laughs> close. It's a fantastic book. There. Wow. Okay, he is a professional. <laughs> What's that like? Professional broadcaster. Here. No, it's, here's, it's, no I can't here's remember. Here's a line broadcaster. No, no. It's just because I can't remember names anymore. But anyway, the kid, uh, Cole Gutman is his name. I yeah. didn't want to screw up his name. Sorry there, Cole. But he was an original Tampa Bay pick. He went to DU, won a championship. And yeah. it looks like, it's not confirmed, but it looks like he might make his NHL debut tonight. Oh, wow. You know, so I reached out to Tony Oman, their PR director. And I just said, hey, just before the game, I'd, I'd like to snag this kid for two minutes and give him his time, you know. Um, captain of DU, national championship. And yeah. uh, declined to sign with Tampa Bay and signed. Many teams wanted him, and he ended up signing with uh, with the Blackhawks. And he's going to get a 
an opportunity. Well, we're going to have you for uh, roughly about 40 minutes here. Uh, we're thrilled to have you. Of Thanks, course, buddy. he is Darren Pang, NHL on TNT, in studio, uh, getting ready for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Chicago Blackhawks set tonight. I think we may even take some calls, or not some calls, <laughs> some some uh, uh, messages from uh, Twitter or uh, YouTube. Sammy uh, McKee, our trusted uh, producer, will stay on top of that. But uh, we'll just keep Attaboy, it. Sammy. We'll, Attaboy. We'll Way to go. It. He's tall, huh, Sammy? Oh, he is. He's he doesn't a, seem so tall when he's texting you, but, man, I saw him on the side of the street. Like, just a tall drink of water right there. <laughs> For sure. So uh, Chicago tonight coming off maybe one of their worst efforts yeah. uh, all season long here. Uh, Justin gave me the, the, he told me that you have to bet $10,000 to win four tonight. <laughs> it's not accurate. I don't think. It's, but it is. You do have to bet 60 bucks to well, win let me, 10. So let me just think. Um, <laughs> that's, that's how much they give Chicago uh, a chance to win tonight against the Leafs. Even though the Leafs haven't played well against yes. the, the lesser of the teams? Even though. This is good, good betting window if you're a betting person. But, but yeah, they I still wouldn't great. go there I, with mm. with Austin returning. Yes, the yeah. jump that they're going to have, uh, you know, the lessons hope you know yeah. learned from the Columbus series. Yeah, but uh, you know, you know what I found is again the same thing every single year. Honestly, throw the numbers out the window. It's this time of year. Yeah. Every guy and every team that's that's a bad team. They've heard the whispers. Everybody's getting traded. Uh, so, you know, they're worried about their buddy next door, their wife's friends of his wife. Uh, they're getting traded. All of a sudden, they start playing hard. Yeah. You know? <laughs> have you watched the Arizona Coyotes play lately? They, no, they I play hard. Not. Good team. Yeah. They play hard. Yeah, they look like a good team. I mean, they look like they try. Yeah. They defend the front of the net. They'll fight for one another. And I'm like, that. that's really great. We yeah. saw that Saturday night against uh, the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jacks. Absolutely. Back-to-back with the Leafs. You think they're at home now. Last change. Comfort zone up to nothing. Barely gave up three shots on goal in the first 17 minutes. Everything looks great. And then the switch, they outwork them. They outhit them. Uh, They look like they're they're a a team that uh, wants to go to the playoffs. And the Leafs had no answer the last 40 minutes. I mean, it's remarkable. And we're not close to playoffs yet. Yes. You talk about having to dial it up for the playoffs and... And and play a different game. Yeah, you know, Kyle went at him pretty good after uh, with uh, the lack of effort and the competitiveness. He's watching. He's sitting up there from two hundred feet, watching what it is. I mean, or I'm sorry, know. no, no, Sheldon, Sheldon, yeah. Sheldon. Yeah, Sheldon. Yeah. Not, yeah, not Kyle, say, Sheldon, yeah. Sheldon. Well, he saw it from even closer. Yes, then. he was really <laughs> a lot closer. He was a lot closer. A lot closer. Yeah, a little bit more uh, direct route for the coach to address that. And he said that in the time off with these guys, he's had some individual meetings with guys and one on ones and. You know, which I love that question that the idea that there's another gear for guys like when you watch NHL hockey and the pace and all that, like, you're, you know, you're often down by the ice and you see the energy. Guys can't really not try. But how are they able to find another gear? Well, I've like- seen guys not try. OK, <laughs> <laughs> we played with the guys. That, that- I, I mean, you're, you're watching and, and you you know, we still have a hockey brain. You right. know, I mean, we're, it's like, oh, that's all he's got. Yeah. You know that that's it. And. More times than not, that gets uh, shown on Twitter because somebody goes, whoa, whoa, what happened there? Yeah. You know? Uh, eh. Can't get away with as much as you, you used you know. to. So, you know, in, in your following of teams this year, the St. Louis Blues have been a team that have yep. underachieved, and you're there all the time watching that team. is a guy who's great at getting effort out of guys, yeah. typically. Is it is anything changed there this year? Is it effort or you is it just I, personnel? Yeah, I think just I think that you have to have you have to have buy-in. Yeah. If you don't have buy-in from your core group of players, and if you don't have one player on the team that grabs you by the scruff of the neck and says, let's go, then yeah. you're going to have trouble. Because you, ha- you do have a lot of 
the generation is maybe not as intense. It's not life or death, you know, where, you know, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be a broadcaster for the Blues when they won the Cup. Yeah. And watching a guy like Alexander Steen every single day taught me an awful lot about hockey. You know what? It taught me an awful lot about when one player can challenge three guys, you know, on the bench or his own line mate on the bench and tell him that that line change was the most selfish and undisciplined line change. Line change. Yeah. I I mean, seriously, like not many guys have the ability to talk about one of the most important parts of the game that nobody talks about. I don't see that on any analytics. No, by the way. Right. Like I I don't (laughs) see anything there that says poor line change. Dump puck in improperly and led to defenseman being on the ice for a minute more than he should have been on the ice. Is there is there something? Yeah, how there do that, you affect your teammates yeah. who aren't even on the ice yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I watch you know that, and then when you watch the game and it, the same rules have applied for a lot of years, you're playing the clock, you're getting the puck in deep, you're defending the line. There's the gray the gray area inside and outside the blue line. You, you know yeah. those those are there's still prominent discussions. You know, and you need players. To, to drag guys back in. And if you don't, I think everybody goes, Poof. Mm-hmm. it's like a cloud of dust. It just goes, Poof. and there's <laughs> did, where you get your inconsistent play. Yeah. Does, doesn't hearing that make you worried about the Leafs? <laughs> Does, I know everything comes back to the Leafs on this show, but the amount of guys that just grab someone and say, hey, yeah, you know, yeah. The the one thing that's been consistent, uh, and Steen's and, not coming back. He's not. I mean, no, he can't, sorry, can't you guys him. had him once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, you you've done a terrific job covering the St. Louis Blues. You're covering the Blackhawks uh, tonight for your TNT, which brings me to the New York Rangers mm-hmm. and the decision to go after Tarasenko instead of Pat Kane. What do you make of that? How, how many minutes were? Between the two decisions. How many seconds were between the two decisions? Right. How did it come about that that Doug Armstrong made that deal before Kyle Davidson did? I, I'd really like to know the, how mm-hmm. the clock worked right there because, I mean, it appears as if uh, the Blues deal got slid in like an Andy Murray pre-scout night piece of paper underneath your door at the hotel room. <laughs> you know what the key was that, though? The difference maker? Mikola? Yes, absolutely. Mikola, Mikola. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there could have been a prospect, you know, maybe there was an, an A-plus prospect that, that was wanted on the other side of Chicago. You drag your feet for one second, yeah. you know, and then, and you know, t- and then you get an excited Tarasenko as well. I mean, with, with Panarin, you know, r- truly being a good friend. Yes. And uh, with Shesterkin and, you know, I mean, that doesn't make it all perfect, but it is yeah. probably nice for he and his wife and his kids and his family to know that, that Panarin was there. And by the, you know, the neat thing is too, is I mean, Kane and, and Tarasenko, they can't just go to any team. Like they're left-hand shots that play the right side. Right. You don't stick them on the, on the left side. Cause all your rights are, 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 are filled up. Like you don't, the Toronto Maple Leafs, as an example, if they needed a left winger, you, you can't, you don't think Vlad, Kane's a fit. Vladdy's not, Vladdy doesn't play yeah. left wing. And I'm Patrick doesn't play left. Wing. It's just it, a, it's interesting you say that because just before that, I was going to say, am I fair to uh, describe Tarasenko as a complicated uh, teammate or player? Like, <laughs> I've never been in the room. <laughs> you know, I've never been in, I've never been in the room with him, you right. know, so uh, but I, all I know is he turned it. You know what? He, at the most important time, I think that with the team they had in 19 and the change in coaches from, from Mike Yo to, to, to Chief, and Chief had the rear, and he played hard. Yeah. And otherwise, they don't win. You know, so right. w- what's happened after that, 
um, the, uh, I mean, let's face it, you go back in history, it's not easy to go through the timeline and say, you know, he has to be traded, you know, and then his agent made at that time, I, uh, he came out very bold and put down a lot of people, you know, that are training, the training staff, the yeah. doctors. I mean, yeah, that's a hearty blow. And then somehow everybody puts it behind them and, and they still worked hard that next year and they still, you know, they've still been a competitive team. This is yeah. the first year that they've fallen off. They had 109 points last year. Yeah. So complicated, um, maybe demanding, maybe um, um, sometimes if things aren't perfect. I did notice Fickle. on the ice Fickle that... Fickle's a good word. Well, it, that, that changes or shifts, I'll call them um, length of shifts, yeah. could get short, you know, and... Really? And, and That's funny because a lot of guys stay out there. They want to be no, longer. Right. Well, but some guys what, like, what I found, you know, and I've, I have found this with a few guys as well, uh, you know, high-end guys that think the game a different way. You know, he's a very intelligent person. He's a very yeah. demanding person. He came from his, his dad was an extremely high-end coach in Russia. And is, you know, so I am, you know, going through it. If, if, if you ask him a question, it better be a good question. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't go with the fluff. He thinks of what you're asking. So he's. I've got to know him very, very well. And, and I know when I ask him a dumb question because yeah. <laughs> I can see it, yeah, yeah. you know, and, or the answer that I get. I know that the question wasn't good enough for the answer. So in saying all that, yeah, he's a, he's a demanding guy and he's, there's been some fickle moments, I'm sure, that have, have led to all of this. And I know it's a very small sample size, but uh, you mentioned uh, the relationship with Panarin. They're off to a good start. He, he will be probably on his best behavior because you know that he wants for a new deal a new contract well, and you mentioned like yeah, didn't he didn't get that offer that maybe he was expect not expecting but hoping for yes you know in, in st louis and and so yeah now i mean he's on broadway yeah anybody surprised that he scored in the first game not me well, i would have bet a what I, I would have bet my mirror golf clubs on that. <laughs> all, all 15 sets of them. Yeah. And one's probably in your he's, bag right now. Yeah, he scored. He, telescopic. He scored on his, his first game yeah. with, the, with the Blue. He scored on his first shot. Yeah. And then he scored on his second shot. Like, I mean, the guy's got. Yeah. Part you know, of this, like, implication like is that he's so good and he can turn it on. And that yeah. he turned it on when Barubi's there. And then going to the Rangers now, they're hoping that they get that motivated guy playing for a deal it you can see how that can work you know patrick kane does seem a little bit like that to me right now a guy where you know he wants to be in a good situation he's able to kind of dictate his circumstances you mentioned family for tarasenko and friends being there and all that like how much is that a factor for kane and taves do you think and what happens is it just like go for another cup run don't care if it's in carolina or toronto or do you think family's a factor for these guys too i i think where where both of them go uh, means a lot. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, like, I mean, I've not seen too many players speak as disappointed as Kane did. About not playing for another team. After that. Like, I was really, we don't hear that very often. Most right. guys just kind of shrug it off as if it never happened or, you know, but he, he laid it out on the line and I was pretty impressed you, by that. He was disappointed. You know what my first thought was is like, that's the way 99% of the league should react to, but not Pat Kane. Like, Pat Kane acted as if he's just one of any other player that's being out there. That's one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks in history. How is he not in the loop? How does he not know exactly what's going on Or was he told that he was traded? Yeah. Was he told that he was traded? And then he then it didn't happen, so he was real high, like... It does feel oh, like I he never hasn't... thought of that. It I mean, does feel like he hasn't told Chicago. I'm just, I'm just saying that maybe the, maybe that... You know, it, really it was like the, the door's open. You're you're there. You think and now, a, 
Losing, oh. we'll tack and find that Mikola. So what so, happened in, in in a space of I don't know three minutes, yeah. ten so minutes, fifteen I, minutes, thirty minutes? I don't what know. You're telling me is I'm off, and maybe it was the opposite. Maybe he knew exactly what was happening, and then got the the rug pulled that's, out from underneath him. That's a sense I I would get. Oh my goodness! I'm a sharp. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not that sharp of a guy. We Kipper. got a scoop. No, we no, <laughs> no, 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 oh, no scoop. scoop. Well, I don't no think that the, I don't the think siren a, goes off. You know what? I don't think that's a scoop. I I think that's. Yeah, I never what, thought of that. You look at his. You look at his. What he wanted he, to happen. He, you know, he said. Uh, you know yeah. that the New York. I mean, basically said the New York Rangers, the one team. I mean, he has control of where he's going. He obviously said the New York Rangers are where I'm going. And then once you say that. And you have a no trade. If you were the player, if it was you, wouldn't you expect once that's being said that now it's done? Because someone's like asking it. the question. They're saying, you know, is well, that team the one that you want to go to? Yeah, yeah. And I like the theory. You wonder how that affects your relationship with the GM then if you're Kane and you're well, like, hey. In fairness, he's a young, you know, he's a young GM and he's it's a tough spot. Yeah. Being the GM and this is, this is, your, this is your first big move. Yeah, you're trying to appease the player and the fan base, but also With you're no shaping trade. the perception a, of the rest of the league about you. And at the end of the day, you, uh, Doug Armstrong found a way to sweeten the the the, the pot to Sounds get like uh, a first rounder, and it appears that maybe the first rounder uh, was never on on Kane's side. There was no, nothing else to support a trade to New York. They just chose Tarasenko's deal over Chicago's. But again, unless Kyle was was working on a different prospect. You know, like we yeah. we all don't know about what's what 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 determines from one team to another team's um, evaluation of a prospect. Is it an A prospect? Is it a B minus prospect? They go through the numbers like yeah. it's fairly easy. But you know, I mean, is Hunter Skinner the player that came over? I mean, is he? He sounds like it's a, a big project. I mean, he's an American Hockey League, East Coast Hockey yeah. League, you know, defenseman that did win gold for the U, for Team USA, um, and does shoot the puck hard. Apparently. Fired at 107 miles an hour in one of the all-star or one of the shooting skills. But, you know, but is that the guy? Maybe Kyle Davis. It was, yeah. I mean, he has to hit a, more of a home run even. Yeah. I mean, his guy won three yeah. Stanley Cups. <laughs> yeah. And has a no, you know, and has a real full no move, where, no trade. Yeah. Vladdy doesn't have even where would, the same security. As where that. would New York's concerns for Pat Kane physically be compared to uh, Tarasenko? Well, there's no, there would be no concerns on, on Vladdy. Yeah, you know, even though he's had this shoulder surgery, that is one of well the ones. To say. <laughs> shoulder surgery. It's hard to say that quickly. Um, that, but he's, I mean, he'd be, he'd be checked the boxes, and everybody knows that. You know, Patrick and the words gotten out that maybe he's laboring a little bit. Um, heck, I've been laboring with a bad hip for a while. I played seventeen <laughs> rounds in ten days in Ireland and Scotland the other day. I watched you last summer. I mean, I, I can. You know what? I watched you walk in here today. I said somebody, something's wrong. <laughs> somebody said. Somebody said. You know. I mean, like I don't have his. Is is he? You know, would he go to another team and have a lot of more giddy up and go? Right. Suddenly I mean, he might but, find another gear. Yeah. All right. So, That's fascinating. Yeah, and the other but thing he too gets the puck anyway, and he controls the pace of play anyway. Yeah, I don't. And, I don't ever consider him the fastest player in the world. Maybe he was more powerful in his day to. You know, to fake right, go left, and to me, that's you know, Mitch Marner now, where he doesn't have to be the fastest guy because he dictates the pace, dictates and is yeah. shifty. Yeah. Still can give you a head fake. You yeah. can bite on that, nibble on it, and go the other way. Like there's still something about Patrick Kane when he gets that puck on his stick. Or old like, Kimo Tiemann and still looking for his jock on that OT Cup winner from Patty Kane ooh. shook him good. Mm. That's a good. I see that in Marner. Just needs to happen in playoffs for him once. God, it will. We're dying here. It so will. Who is the biggest name out there? Like if. if if you, I think if, Timo Meyer. If we, if we question Pat 
Kane and uh, his willingness to maybe move or uh, his health. How is? Uh, I mean, if you can how, make a, how are, a real how, hockey deal and, and and get Timo Meyer, how are there not a dozen teams right now? He's screaming to get Timo Meyer. He's uh, like I I've done a you know number of games with him at ice level and don't really know him you know that well. You get to know guys in their personality. I don't really know him that well. I do know that he's a he's a pretty competitive son of a gun. He gets that puck oh, through oh. the neutral zone and he he carries it and yeah. he. He Does determines it, the pace of play going north. Is it? Is, am He's I good. often saying uh, like a uh, little Marion Hosa here? Maybe. You know, that's that's not a bad call. I think Marion Hosa was one of the best oh, two-way players that's boy. ever played the game. Funny, I was just saying was that, that on a show today. for him, though? Was he always good two-way? I feel like Hosa's I think he was second. Al- he always yeah. was? Okay. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he was always good two-way. But you okay. know what? How he didn't win a Selkie is beyond me. It's beyond the winger me. biased. When's the oh, last time a winger's won a Selkie? I mean, he, sh- he, and, he and Steve Larmer. Yeah, two hawks that got robbed for the for the Selkie Award for you know the way that they they play. But right. anyway, Hose is a, a different animal, I think. But you know, I think Timo Meyer brings the intangibles of a, what a playoff team wants: strong on pucks, hmm. get in, get it north, keep control of pucks, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, make a play, drive to the net, it's and, big and, and strong. He shoots it. I think he's and top he's, five in shots. Yeah, or something. on shots, and he's got a bit of a temper, and I think he would blend in. I think his personality would allow him to blend into any any organization. Not he wouldn't be a guy that goes in there and everything. Everybody goes, okay, what's he going to say next? I think yeah. he just, you know, finds his way in. I, I love. I really am a big fan of Timo Meyer, and so does it would take more assets, and you have to get a deal. I mean, you have to get a deal knowing that you're going to sign this player. Yeah, can, can you see? Maybe it's a core player for a core player. Can you see Carolina with the loss of uh, Pacioretty? Max Pacioretty? They have going 18 mil coming off on, their cap this year. On a, short, yep. on a short window where they use them, and possibly if they don't like the extension for them, they flip them with a, with a, a year remaining as an RFA. Can they do that? Yeah. Yeah, you can you trade as his rights RF- to someone else to try to Before, extend yeah, right. them. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you're right. When Kipper starts talking and goes slow, I get really worried. <laughs> it is. The speed is not the concerning stuff. Right? I, I, I get concerned. I'm like, okay, yes. I've, I've been down this road before. And usually I'm eating, <laughs> and you worry about me choking. He's, he's talking RFAs, and I, I put out a questions for Panger thing on Twitter, and I'm staring at the question here, how Darren Pang became spanky. Oh. He's talking about RFAs, and I'm trying to process that at the same spanky. time. Spanky? We haven't called you that in years. Was that That's a legitimate funny. nickname? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. story. So this is from Jen Conway, who's a hockey historian. Yeah, yeah. I was at, I was literally in 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 Milwaukee, and and somebody put up. Uh, there's a sign hanging at the old at the old Mech Arena, and where the Admirals played, and it said, uh, you know, something about hey hey spanking our gang or something like that. And, <laughs> and then one of the French guys, uh, we had a couple of them there on that team, and I know Rene Bado was one of them. Um, there was another one too. They couldn't say. For the life of them, they couldn't say panger. And so they kept calling me like pank, panky, panker. It was, it was just an odd way of saying it. Randy Boyd jumped on that like you read about, and so did, uh, so did Jimmy Ralph. And yeah. next thing you know, it was spank. And so as, a, as an honor to my minor league hockey, I put spankster on the back of my, the skull cap. <laughs> and because, uh, you know, we had a bunch of guys. Duke Gra- Dirk Graham was Dukes. You know, yeah. He became Dukester. I was spankster. There was another... Somebody else was a stir. I had a guy in the minors, uh, Peter Horacek, we call him, Chuck Stir. It was just one of those things, but that's how nicknames come aboard. I was somewhere the other day, it was in a rink. Somebody yells out, hey, Spank. 
<laughs> you, well, you know right away that I, I played with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, uh... as it turns out, I think it was Mark DePasquale with the, the Calgary uh, Flames trainer. And, uh, and he was, been, was in Chicago for an, a long time. Nice. And so I knew it right away. Like, that's, that's a guy that I played with or, you know, been around through those years. So. Well, we're thrilled to have Darren Spanky Panger. <laughs> Love it. In the studio today, gearing up the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks for TNT. Uh, Panger, if, if we look down uh, teams on the cusp of, what are you, a buyer or a seller? We probably have still a half a dozen teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Islanders, is it? Uh, yeah, where are the Islanders at? Boy, where are the Islanders? Uh, where are? Ooh, that, that's uh, <laughs> that didn't go well last night. That was awful. That was awful. What what uh, what team to you might still be there, but shouldn't be there? Nashville, would you have them as 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 sellers in about a week, week and a half. Hmm, it's a tough call for David Poyle. It really is. I mean. Or you, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't move those. A nice defenseman. Yes. I, I, th- I mean, I, th- for whatever reason that, you know, that Matthias Ekholm's name continues to. Come. Oh, don't get Sammy excited on that I'm name. On well, because he's awesome. He is awesome. Right. I mean, he's, 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 he's just terrific. And I remember last year when they were, you know, talking about that and, you know, that's their team. It's not something for me. Like, you know, I do work you know work not for the st louis blues but i do broadcast their games and i think yeah. i've got to be real respectful to other other guys you know to what, what they're doing uh, i remember being asked the question we were in nashville and i said well who replaces matthias ekholm then yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. i don't know what's the plan here? What, what's the plan because yeah. he's a all i know is when the blues prepare for nashville or i'm watching a game with nashville i know we all talk about roman yossi I can't take my eyes off of Ekholm. Yeah. I know he's a big lumbering guy, and, and maybe the wheels fall off a little bit, but he still does a lot of great things. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of his character, how big he is, how strong he is. Um, I I don't know what where where Nashville's at right now, but I'll you know what I, I I do know. Let's I'll change it a little bit. I'll change the routing here. Yeah. Okay. So, just like at your your fine country club. For sure. Know, just like at Rosedale, where the Canadian, <laughs> Canadian Olympic uh, golfer of 1903 or whatever yeah, won that's uh, right. in St. Louis on the 16th hole at Glen Echo. Ways, way, um, he knows way too much. I played, I played it the other day with Ray Ferrar. We were talking Did about you? our stories together. Yeah. Um, but um, if I'm one of the teams, let's just go Toronto, let's go Carolina. Teams that, well, Carolina's you know, won it a while ago, but this group hasn't won it. I, I'm really not knocking on the door of a team that's never been in a winning environment. So that's interesting. Like, yeah. The Nashville Predators did go to the Stanley cup final yeah. and they've been through many playoff games. Those, you know, if you're talking about a player like at or a player that's had that experience, I'm going there. If you're talking about the St. Louis blues, I, I am going to Ivan Barbashev. Even Nola Chari went to game seven of the Stanley yeah. cup final yeah. in his own building. Yeah. Plays hard. Yeah. It, He's serviceable. He can, it matters. it matters to him. It He's matters. competitive and he shows it every night or Ryan O'Reilly is the captain and a constant trophy winner. I'd be, I'm always very leery of, of taking players that have been losing environments. Those lights get awfully bright in that first round. Yeah. They get brighter in the second round. And you know what the magnifying glass is like, if you can even get to the second yeah. or third round and you don't even know if a player can handle it or not. Well, what's so, funny is... I know, want guys that have been in winning environments. I'm sure, and they've tried in Toronto. They're like, okay, we need some veteran guys to surround our young guys and give them some support, and who's come in? It's Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza, Patrick Marlowe, 
um, you know, go through the list. It's not, it's guys who hadn't won cups and that's no disrespect yeah. to great pros with great careers and whatever, but they've been through a lot of playoff games, but that, and that yeah. helps for sure. And Jake yeah. Muzzin is a guy who had, yeah. but yeah, they haven't gone out and added Ryan O'Reilly or someone. And I know that's easier said than done. That's a or massive, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. How come we haven't got Crosby, <laughs> but no, it, which easier said than done, which I want to bring up uh, a, a scenario where a lot of Maple Leaf fans are hoping they could see, and it's the complete opposite of what we're talking about. And that is the thought that a high-touted prospect in the NCAA, in this case, Matthew Nyes, doing a terrific job in Minnesota, how do you take a guy that has never even seen the light of day of pro hockey and throw him in an environment where not only are Leaf fans expecting to get out of the first round, but have built up towards a team that should be able to get to a conference final or a Stanley Cup final in their minds. How 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 realistic is that panger that mm. you could take Matthew Knives and put him in, in a, a situation and he can thrive? I don't know because I've 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 never never seen him play. Yeah. So I I honestly don't know. Yeah. I mean I mean but from the mental side, some guys are unique. Maybe they can and jumpstart you. And but, does anything come to mind? Uh, of, well, I remember of, thinking Ryan. Uh, I, um, Holloway last year with with the Oilers. Uh, Dylan Holloway. Dylan, yeah, right? And he ends up, um, you know, only playing the one game. I think it was the final game, the fourth, and he hardly played. Right. Um, when I got there, because I, I, I was there and did game three and four, and I was, I, the buildup, and I was, you know, he's an accomplished player for sure, a highly touted prospect, and and uh, it's it's hard for the coaches you know, unless they played two months going into it, I think it's hard for the coaches to know what that player is going to do sure. in that situation. We're all about managing, we're managing, you know, uh, matchups and, and D zone face offs. And, you know, who, who, I don't want to, that's not a D zone guy. Yeah, he's he's going to get the ozone. Have, yeah, he's going to get the ozone candy tool. for a little bit and let, yeah. let's see. And then neutral zone changes yeah. on the ice, off the ice, 22 seconds, get him off. <laughs> like, so I don't know, but. Um, I've heard good things about the kid. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. Oh no, and, no, uh, I, th- yeah, I think he's but, got a chance to be a, a great pro. Yeah, but, but I think I mean, let's, expectations. Let's, I mean, I, I would have to think. Yes, I would have to think that going through a training camp and going through preseason games and getting your getting your feet wet that way is way more ideal. Yeah. It's funny though; some guys just jump into it and can do it. Yeah, you know, you just you don't know. I don't know, and you don't know. Uh, but I wouldn't be. I, I mean, if if, if I'm managing the team, you it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the you know, the answer you're looking for, yeah. you know, to put on the whiteboard before to say, this is where we're going to fix go the to, problem. You know? Like you've got a lot of good pros on, on this lineup. You, you, absolutely. I mean, every single night they, you, you see something more from yarn croak. You see something more from camp. You see something more from, um, even Aston Reese. I think he's done a pretty good job on that fourth line. I, you know, what do you do to build, to, to help yeah. you build the bottom? Yeah. You, no. you got to get stronger on the bottom. Like, you know, Definite I watch this Achari every night. Yeah. And and that's what he plays. He plays the bottom part. He he wins fifty six percent of his faceoffs. He's on the penalty kill. He blocks shots and he hits. Sounds good nice combination. Like that, it's all I mean, Kipper wants. I mean, yeah. bring, bring us the guy who does that. Yeah. You know that. I mean that's that's why you were in the lineup as often as you were winning that. <laughs> and occasionally up in the press box. <laughs> well, yeah, but then there was a little. But little, it kept everybody honest. That's right. You need a change. Right? You need guys. You need character. You need you know. Like, and if you're not going to be able to do it, winning's I'll, hard. I'll, I'll jump in. Winning's hard. Winning's with 32 hard. teams. Winning's hard. I think we're going to we see that. Sorry, go ahead. We should get questions before yeah, we let's lose. Do it. Uh, you got a few, Panger. Sammy? Yeah, we got about 10 minutes left. Oh, Panger, okay. so we can, uh, can you hear me? Gotcha. Yeah, we got you, Sammy. Can Panger hear me? He has uh, a headset on. on. Oh, sure. Panger? I'll throw these on. Yeah. Might, ma- ma- 
like my hair might get messed up. So. I, was, I was gonna make the hair joke, but you did. Yeah. Can you okay, hear me? Okay. Good there. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. All right, beautiful. Okay, you got nice hair. What, what you, happened man. there? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's just it just keeps growing. I don't know what to tell you. No, no gel today. <laughs> it's hard to control this thing. All right. This is from a a frequent YouTuber on our list. And I love these kind of questions. Uh, what arena does Panger visit enjoy visiting the most, and which has the best food? Ooh, <laughs> love that kind of question. I like visiting the, the Montreal. Montreal? Yeah. LaBelle Center? Chien Show? Yeah, I love going to Montreal. love having the Shea Show. Uh, just mustard on it. Um, just mustard? That's oh, all. yeah. That's classic um, right there. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, there's something about the way the seats are, the, the, the way they're angled. So, uh, you know, and I, I think the first time we played in the Montreal Forum, I, I literally walked around the concourse. I grew up in Ottawa. I was a Montreal Canadiens fan growing up, and I walked around that concourse, and then I went down to the locker room, and I threw up. Did so you I was, honestly? I, I was so nervous and so excited and so like uh, it was unbelievable feeling. Like, yeah, how'd I you could, play? Um, lost three nothing. Okay, Patrick Waugh and, and I was. I no one told me I was the second star, and they were waiting for me to go out, and I would have gone out because it was a Montreal Forum. And, Come on, oh for all my sure. Buddy, all my buddies were there. Yeah, like, oh, oh, devastating. Did, I said, why didn't you go? They said, why didn't you go out? You were named the second star, and and I was like, nobody told me. Yeah. And I'm like, who's the first star? They, they said, told you. They said Patrick Waugh. I'm like, oh. They told you. It was just in French. Yeah. <laughs> nah. That was the problem. Le deuxième étoile. The second star. All right. What else we got here? Um, okay. Best prank pulled on one of his teammates from Mackles on YouTube. All right. Um, I, w- I was a, a notorious um, shoe checker. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I, I, f- I found that I would have gone into the Hall of Fame as a shoe checker at dinner, <laughs> Kipper. Yeah. Um, being five, four and a half, 135 pounds, I could scoot under those tables like you read about. <laughs> and uh, maybe my award-winning one, hopefully he's, hopefully he's catching this right now. Um, we, we had the same coach together. Uh, not together, but at separate times, Mike Keenan. Yes. We're in the playoffs in uh, St. Louis. We were so all, who got him? And we were all, uh, every dinner we had was on the water. We were rowing the, you know, we were all rowing the same oars Eat or whatever. What, yeah, and, and we were all, so we uh, we ate on the water in, in uh, Detroit was the first round, and somehow we set it up that we were on the water. The second round was in uh, St. Louis. We were on the water, and uh, in St. Louis, I, I scooted around. I must have gone through 10 tables of bang, right on his patent leather, beautiful <laughs> shoes, and then I slid back to my table. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't know what the shoe check is, I mean, you, the shoe checker does not say anything. The shoe checker goes in there. He's got a little, uh, let's say, mayo or ketchup, and he's got a little wee container. And when he goes in, he just plunks it on the end of the shoe, tries to get two shoes. Don't, try not to get the socks and everything like that, but no get the shoes. And then you've got to slide all the way out, and then you've got to get to your table, and then the guys notice what you've done, and then somebody goes, you know, like this, they go... The, with their right, they, <laughs> they tap a little tap on their glass. Everybody's like shoe check, and everybody you step up, everybody and you look gets down, up. and, and everybody not me, not me, and not me. Like, oh, and I remember seeing a, uh, the look on Mike's face was priceless. And I, go, oh, you know. Joey Kosher was the worst. Oh, he he would have put horse hay and sour cream, probably manure from his farm, breakfast <laughs> jam, peanut butter. Seen that end in fights before. Yeah. And okay. they're like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, hey, Joey. Joey Coaster, yeah. You go ahead. I'm, you can have I'm, the shoes, I'm Joe. I'm pretend I didn't see you. <laughs> I play golf with Joey uh, probably four times a week in the summertime at Duck Lake in Michigan. Oh, man. 
And another Ranger, Wayne Presley. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great group. Yeah, we do. No shoe checking. Uh, last one quickly before we let you go, Panger. Um, this is from John Mitchell on YouTube. What does Panger think about the Nets being accidentally uh, on purpose being knocked off the pegs? Is it a problem? Does the league have to look into it? Yeah, it's a problem if the same person does it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, not everybody knocks off the Nets. Murray, I, I know when Matt Murray, Murray did it. Matt Murray led the league, I think, in it. I think he had five or six. And it, yeah, and it's it, a lot. And they came at times when the puck was in the defensive zone for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that, th- th- those are just, you know, it's very simple. It's the first time I think you've got to give a warning, like anything else. They do that with the mask. People don't understand that. Usually if the goaltender gets hit in the face and his strap comes off and he's worried about his vision because of the bars, he pulls it off because he's worried about, sure. I can't see the puck coming. Right. Or if I move quickly, my it's going to fall off. But usually the referee, and I saw it with Jordan Binnington and 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 he got called the second time because he was warned the first time. And so I think for the net coming off its moorings, yes, could they, could they dig them a little deeper? Yes, could they have the pegs a little bit higher? I believe they should make a change just a little bit higher. I'm not yeah. talking about old school uh, Darren Pang, number 21 team league era. Yeah, they're like golf shoe spikes right now. They like, are. It's not and, enough. And, and some arenas don't do it as well as other arenas. Yeah. But, but I watched a lot of big, heavy goaltenders go side to side and push off, and the net somehow doesn't fall off. Well, but it did yeah. with Matt, and he got, yeah. it hasn't since. So I, I think he, he got the, you know, the message was quite clear about how that was done yeah. and when that was done in the time of the game. I'm not going to date you if I say that I believe that you had the, the newer pegs, right? We, they got rid of the, the big no, long I was, ones? I was, in the, I was in the long ones. Oh, you were in the long yeah. ones. Those things didn't come off for anything, huh? No, not, I, couldn't even li- I couldn't even get it off the crossbar. <laughs> I'm like... Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no chance. Not but, like Ken Dryden, you know, on his stick. I was like... But not oh. that I'm, I'm, I'm like for the goalie union because I don't give a crap about them, but yeah, the, it, 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 there is an inconsistency from rink to rink on how quick uh, maybe these things come off a little easier mm-hmm, or a little sure. tougher, uh, whatever town you're in. Yep, for sure. I mean, and I, I, I think that's probably a skill. Yeah. You know, in the hockey ops department or the guys that are, you know, that, that work with the ice. But, uh, you know, they probably had a, maybe they had a bad day. <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe they had a bad day. It happens. And I did want to ask you, I saw a picture the other day of a goaltender who played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, <laughs> who I believe was five foot four. No, he, he was, he's taller than that. Was he? That was Roberto Romano. Roberto, I saw yeah, a picture yeah, and yeah. I was like, no. He, he was, that was a low crouch, huh? I mean, low like crouch. that was really low. Okay. Yeah. So he wasn't that. He was, small I played then. against him, so he he was five. Like he was like five six. Okay. Yeah, he was thicker than me though. Like he was a, he's a like as as a Babcock used to. He's got big lower half. Big lower half. <laughs> <laughs> he's good face. Yeah. All right, but Pager. Roberto Romano. Yeah, he got okay. really down low there. He looked like he looked really little. Yeah, he did. Wow. The picture I saw. That's how big I look. See that. Yeah. One more uh, oh, before, we, before we let you go. Sure. And this, I'm, I'm lumping in Leaf and, fans. And thanks for the uh, the the car that you gave me as a gift. It's got the bow on. It's <laughs> the car service. I yeah. can't believe hey, that. Grab any Roger executive car you want here. <laughs> I got no problem with that. I'm going to lump in Leaf fans and Tampa Bay fans in this question. Does any of them have a chance against the Boston Bruins? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. For that sure. was quick. Yeah. No, uh, for me, no, no question really? about it. Yep. Why? Linus Allmark hasn't been there before. Okay. We talked about the bright lights. You know, I mean, I, you know, Toronto, same situation, although Matt Murray, you know, he has been there before, uh, not in an entire, you know, four, four rounds of his, of his Stanley Cups, but, um, you know, that, that's and what I, I think. And I, and I think too, Kipper, like the pressure's on, whether they like it or not, it, it was on the, 
1977 Montreal Canadiens. It was on the 1996 uh, Detroit Red Wings, and they lost in the conference final to to Colorado. Um, and I'm not talking about the most points. I'm talking about hey, now the magnifying glass going Tampa Bay on versus the Columbus. What four, four games straight? Four games straight. Hey, so anyway, that's why I would say that. I think I I I, I really like Boston a lot. Uh, Hampus Lindholm that edition was phenomenal. Oh, I yeah. think they've got some good shutdown guys. I think. Forbert doesn't probably get enough credit on that back end, and uh, McAvoy's probably not even played his best hockey because of the start out of the gate. So I know I'm a, I'm a big fan of the way they play and their coach and their team, but uh, I'm just saying that once you get to that point, yeah, I'm, no guarantees. You hear pal. that, Leafs fans? No guarantees, big guy. Hey, listen, uh, we had like 1,400, people on YouTube just to watch you. Really? Yeah. And I'm calling them all out to give you a thumbs up. Oh, thank you. Do you know what that is? <laughs> That's it. That's it, baby. I'm right just, there for Darren I learned Pang. this new word today because from now to the time I get to the game, I'm just going to be mossing. That's a, that's a thing? <laughs> Chilling. Okay. All I learned right. that word today. So I'm mossing. I'm 58 years old. I'm almost 59. Friday, I'll be 59 yeah. years old. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, everybody, everybody okay at TNT with Talk It uh, in Vancouver now? Is the show yeah, being canceled? I, no, I replaced him on his on, on that chair last week in the studio. Uh, only bald guys need to apply, and um, and so I was there then. But before you go into the studio and sit down, they've got a big picture of talk. You've got to look at it, and, and you've got to give them a wave. Is that so, it? Yeah, that's it. So you got to give them a wave. And uh, anyway, so we're we're surviving. But uh, he was a big part of it. You know that, and everybody oh, yeah. loves talk, and yeah. and he gives a lot of credibility wherever he, wherever yep. he is. So. Uh, you know, happy for him, but disappointed that he's not uh, with us. Well, we still love the show. Love Thanks, you. Uh, the the crew did a great job, and uh, we so appreciate having you here, pal. Thanks, Kipper. Been I appreciate awesome. that. Thanks, Darren Thanks. Tang. TNT. Big call tonight. Chicago versus Toronto. We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with more Real Kipper and Born. Smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs getting set tonight to face the Chicago Blackhawks. One of those games, uh, Justin, where you think it's uh, an easy two points. (laughs) It's it's not. This has been an ongoing thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs that, uh, for whatever reason, we've heard from Sheldon over the last few months. We heard from Kyle. Hasn't spoke all but what, maybe once or twice this season. But yeah. one uh, uh, thing that stood out for me when he just spoke a week ago was, I want to I see how this team responds in the games that, uh, that we should be favored uh, yeah. to win. You know, I think the problem, Kipper, is that everyone thinks they're auditioning for the auditioning for the Maple Leafs. So right now you got Gavrikov and Jenner trying to make this, trying to get traded for. You know, tonight do you think Caves, Kane and Taves want to impress the Leafs? Do you think they care? I don't know. That is, uh, that's a really, really good question. Uh, maybe we'll throw it to, it's a to reach Mark and a half, I know. Senior hockey writer, The Athletic, based in Chicago, covers the Chicago Blackhawks, is going to join us now. Why don't you, uh, JB, you throw that question to Mark. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us. Hi, Laz. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? So, uh, JB just threw it to me, and, of course, I'm going to deflect it right to you. Is this uh, an audition for Pat Kane to maybe pick the Leafs over now the New York Rangers? 
I'll throw it right back to you. Can the Leafs make it work? Can they can they accommodate him? Like I, 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 it, it sounds it sounds like a great fantasy thing to have Patrick Kane playing alongside Austin Matthews, yeah. arguably the two greatest American players ever playing in Toronto. That's kind of hilarious, and uh, it, it's a dream scenario. They, they they like they like each other. They like they want to play with each other. I don't know if Toronto can make it work though financially. Yeah, it would take a little bit of jumping through some hoops and retained and t- third parties and all sorts of stuff. What are you going to say, Kip? I was just going to say, though, uh, guys, isn't this really what Kyle Davidson, the the young general manager for the Chicago Blackhawks, isn't this what he should have been figuring out the last few months on on how he could make this work? Did you get any sense at all, Mark, that he was in discussions with the New York Rangers looking for ways to make this work? Uh, not really, because Patrick Kane hasn't told them yet whether he'll waive his no movement clause. How, and until he really gives them the green light, there's not. He's he's he's. I think he's honestly torn. He and Taves, yeah. both of them, like neither of them really they're, want they're, to leave. They're lifelong Blackhawks, but they're, at the same time, they don't really want to stay. Yeah, they're not dumb guys. They know that they make ten and a half million dollars, and that's not an easy thing to go. 24 hours to your general manager. Okay, I'm ready to go now. Trade me. I mean. I, I, I'm baffled by, I don't know, the lack of communication between player, agent, general manager. Well, I think part of it is I, I don't think they were expecting Tarasenko and Horvat to move, you know, a full month out before the deadline. That's not typically how it goes in the NHL. So I think they thought they had more time. And now that the Tarasenko trade happens and Kane's number one potential choice is off the board, all of a sudden there's some urgency here now. Um, Kane said the, uh, just yesterday, he said that, you know, that he's been talking with Davidson, but they haven't had like a formal sit down to really hash this out. And I think honestly, it comes down to the player has all the control here, right? Patrick Kane has total control. He could, he could claw Giroux this thing where he just says, I'm going to this one team or I'm not going anywhere. So he has all that power. And I really honestly, genuinely think that Patrick Kane isn't sure what he wants to do. Because remember, he could just stay and then go play the market in, in the summer. But he also doesn't want to screw over the Blackhawks. He said that the other day. He said, you know, I want to do what's right for both sides. Yeah. So he's in, a, he's in an awkward position. He wants to do right by the Blackhawks, but he also kind of doesn't want to be in this miserable slog of a rebuild. Well, the worst case scenario, I think, is is the Tavares example where you go, I don't know, you know, maybe don't trade me. And then, the you know, fans yeah. are upset when it's all over. You know, maybe their legacy, well, I shouldn't say maybe, their legacy is different than Tavares and that they won cups and they're heroes there and they maybe have a little bit more luxury there to... Do you get the sense that fans would be upset if they chose to play out the season? It's interesting because, like, at the beginning of the year, it felt so inconceivable that either of them could leave. It would be so seismic when it happened. But it's been dragging on so long now at this point that people are just like, go already. And it's not that they don't like Patrick Kane or they don't want him to stay, but, like, this like will he or won't he thing? It, it's getting. It, it, I think it's getting old for everybody. It's probably old for Patrick Kane himself. Like you know, at some point you have to make a decision, and that this has been talked about. It feels like such an inevitability now that I don't think anyone's going to begrudge him. Patrick Kane is pretty unimpeachable in Chicago among the fan base. He is the greatest Blackhawk that ever lived, probably. And it's you know he he gets a long leash for a good reason, but at the same time you know you're talking about potentially a first round pick coming back. You know, the Hawks need as many of those as they can get. So, you know, the fans want to get something out of him. They don't want him to leave on his own. But it's not like they're going to turn on him. If he's still here on March 4th, they're not going to boo him. They're going to be glad they get 
you know, X amount of home games left to cheer him on, and they'll get a proper chance to say farewell. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't go. The Hawks have four first-round picks in the next two years, including what's probably going to be a top-five one this year. They're not hurting hurting in that regard. So the fans are not going to turn on Patrick Kane over this. We're talking to Mark Mark Lazarus, uh, senior writer, the athletic covering the Chicago Blackhawks. We are talking Kane and Taves. As far as health is concerned, we did hear a comment from Pat Kane downplaying that it's not as bad as it's being made out to be. What have you seen over this season in terms of Pat Kane's health? Could it be a factor in some teams maybe not being as aggressive as we'd think otherwise? Oh, I think it's 100% a factor. I think that's why the Rangers were quick to get Tarasenko over him. Hmm. I think it matters a lot. I don't know if it's actually a big deal or not, but the fear of it, the concern over it, certainly is affecting the, the trade market right now. Uh, you know, Here's the thing. Kane's been dealing with this for a couple of years now, going back to the COVID season. He had 92 points last year. So, I mean, he is still capable of scoring with or without the nagging hip injury. This year, he's just, I mean, look who he's playing with. I mean, he's, he's, the Blackhawks' number one center the last two weeks has been Jason Dickinson, a nice, good, solid player, but he's not, he's not Patrick Kane's level. Like, you can't, I don't know what you expect from him, how he's supposed to produce with the guys he's playing with. It's just not a realistic thing when he's got, you know, you know Max Domi, Andreas Athanasiou, and these are the best guys he's got to play with. So he, there, are, there are days where it looks like Patrick Kane is hurting. I, I'm not going to lie. There are days where it looks like there's a problem there. But there's also days where he looks like himself. So I think this is something he's dealing with. He's, he's saying that it's not as big a deal as people think, that it feels pretty good these days, actually. But it's there. It's an issue. And he's 34 years old. Is it going to require surgery at some point? We don't know that. Yeah. So it's certainly a concern in other teams' mind when they're you know, talking about giving up a first-round pick in a draft that everybody wants a first-round pick in. Laz, over the course of their careers of Kane and Taves, they've been lumped in as I just did, Kane and Taves, or Taves and Kane, or however you want to phrase it, contracts, you name it. Yet leading up to this trade deadline, it feels like we're all talking about Patrick Kane all the time. Is that because of the disparity in their ability at this point in their careers, or is it just because it's less likely that Taves wants to go? I think it's a little of both. I mean, Jonathan Taves is not what he was in 2013, 2014, when he was pretty much the second best player in the world behind Sidney Crosby. Yeah. You know, he's not been the same since he came back from his year off for uh, when he had a COVID related illness, uh, but he's got 14 goals this year. He leads the league at faceoff percentage. He's still a pretty good player and he'd be a dynamite third line center on a team like Colorado, something like that. Uh, I get the sense that Taves is leaning towards staying. It's, he, he just seems more, uh, you know, you Kane is talking so openly about, Oh, I was thinking about the Rangers. Taves, it's, it's always more vague. And I don't think being the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks means an awful lot to Jonathan Taves. And I'm not convinced that he wants to go and just be some guy on some other team's playoff run. Would he resign there? Both of them do. It's possible. It's I mean, I don't know if the Blackhawks want either of them to resign. It seems like Kyle Davidson's pretty adamant about like, you know, moving on completely from the cup era, but Jonathan Taves, he's a good captain. Obviously he's great with young players. He's been a really positive influence on the team this year. Uh, You could sign him for, Two years at like a three million dollar cap hit. Why wouldn't you do that? I think it's a no brainer. If he wants to come back, you know, if he says he wants to come back, Kyle Davidson's not going to be allowed to let him walk. The fans wouldn't stand for it. Right. Laz, uh, are we forgetting there's other players on the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> in terms of not having that star power, but certainly could be um, some assets for Davidson to move. And uh, if so, who stands out for you? Everyone must go. 
It is a going out of business sale. I mean, <laughs> Which, they, Seth they, Jones? They, they, Who is Sam Lafferty? There is, there, is, there is no untouchable on this roster. I mean, if you could trade Alex Debrinkit and Kirby Dock, then there is no, and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, there are no untouchables. So, you know, they, they signed Max Domi and Andreas Athanasiu in order to flip them. That was the whole point. Uh, so they're certainly available to a team that wants to. Max Domi's been very good this year. So he's an option. Jake McCabe has two years left on his contract. The Blackhawks aren't eager to trade him. They like him. He's been their best defenseman this year. But if someone comes and offers a big deal because they can retain salary, you could have Jake McCabe for two years at $2 million a year for the next two years. That might be worth the first rounder. Kyle Davidson will make that trade. Uh, Seth Jones, it, it, I don't see how you can move that contract. He's in the first year of an eight-year, $76 million deal. He's got a full no-movement clause. And I don't think the Hawks want to retain you know, uh, $4.75 million for right. seven more years. That's a lot of dead money. Uh, I, that doesn't seem realistic. I think Seth Jones is here to stay, but literally everybody else, Connor Murphy, he could be had, um, you know, uh, God, I, I, literally anybody on this roster. You want, if Alex Stalock were healthy right now, he was playing great. He would have been a, 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 an interesting piece for a contender that needs some, you know, uh, depth at goaltending. There is nobody on this roster that can't be had. So, what, what you know, like if you're on the Blackhawks and you're playing the rest of the season out here, is everyone kind of just playing for their own careers to show, you know, what they can do, that they want to be a part of it? Do we have any bones of the next Blackhawks era in place? Yeah, but they're all in like juniors and in the minor leagues right now. <laughs> gotcha. It's Lucas Reichel in Rockford. It's Kevin Korchinski out in Seattle. I mean, you look at this roster right now and there are maybe two guys that'll still be here at the other side of it. It's going to be Seth Jones and maybe Philip Kurashev was a nice piece. And he's 23 years old. Everybody wow. else. I would be surprised if they're still here four or five years from now when, you know, this team is thinking it's going to be good again. Like it's just, this is, this is a placeholder team. All their best prospects are either in juniors or they kept them in Rockford because they didn't want to expose them to this much losing early in their career. They, they, they rushed Kirby doc. It didn't work out. They rushed Adam Boquist. It didn't work out. They are being hyper patient. Lucas Reichel is absolutely NHL ready. He was the number one pick a few years ago. He came up. He looks great. He is NHL ready. They don't want him here. He might come up after the trade. Deadline help for a little win. Bit, but they, they, but they, yeah, that's the problem. They don't want to, they don't want to win. That's part of it. They're trying to lose here. This is a tank season. This is the most overt tank season we've seen <laughs> okay. since the McDavid year. Which, so, which uh, leads me I, to my next question. How do they beat the and, Leafs And, and Sammy's, Sammy's going to like this one. So with a generational talent like Connor Bedard out there, has Peter Mrazek been everything that they had hoped for? <laughs> oh, poor Peter. <laughs> You know, he's been – goaltending really has not been the Blackhawks' issue this year. Mrazek's had some really nice games. You know, yeah, they got him because he's a veteran who could just man the net, and it doesn't matter if he's good or not. Everybody understands that. But I know that he's not the most popular man in Toronto, but he's been perfectly adequate for the Blackhawks. Yeah, he's a well, likable guy. screwed up their lottery pick? <laughs> <laughs> so if I'll they were to get Stalock Bedard – messing things up. Alex Stalock was one of the best goalies in the league when he was healthy. Yeah, that's not helping. The uh, the Bedard thing's fascinating. You know, we've talked about, a lot of people talk about where they would like to see Bedard go in the league. Do you think the league would like to see him back in Chicago and, you know, kind of like a Pittsburgh thing, you go to Lemieux to Crosby and hand the torch to Bedard? Or is it better for the league to see this kid go to Columbus or Arizona or somewhere dying for a star? No, I think I think the league would love for him to be in Chicago. No, no hockey fan outside of Chicago wants to see Connor Bedard in Chicago, but the league desperately right. wants. I mean, Chicago is you know it's a money maker for the league. 
And even in this terrible season, they're still selling 19,000 tickets game. It's important to the league that Chicago be good. Hmm. So I think that the league, if they're going to free some ping pong balls, they're going to have a Blackhawks <laughs> logo on them. You know, my, my big conspiracy theory is that they're going to, is that the, uh, the coyotes are locked into the number four pick because Mitch Koff would be coming over just when their new arena opens. So ah. that's my conspiracy theory is that they're going to engineer Mitch Koff to Arizona. Love it. So let me get this straight. Um, you know, if, if we would have said maybe three years ago that there would be this type of fire sale and you'd be watching your, your franchise faces uh, almost pushed out the door, would you have envisioned 19,000 people still coming to games? You know, it's been kind of like uh, the, the Blackhawks were braced for it to be so much worse than this. And coming into the year, they needed about 14,000 fans a game for this not to be a financial disaster for them. It's been way better than anyone could have thought. Like people, you know, like to call the Blackhawks fans bandwagon fans because a lot of them came aboard in the late 2000s when Kane and Taze were just coming through. Uh, they're not bandwagon fans. They're hardcore fans that are, you know, deep into the prospect pools now. Like this is this is a, a durable, hardy fan base that you know Bill Wirtz did his best to destroy the Blackhawks fan base, and for uh, about 10, 15 years there, it was pretty bleak. But uh, the, if you're still here after the last two years. And the last six years on the ice, then you're clearly here to stay. Well, that's uh, that, that. First of all, that's great news for such a, a, a strong original six market. Um, but I mean, I, I'm I, that really surprises me because I, I do remember it in the early 2000s when it, it got really ugly. But I'm they're okay well, for part this. Of it, you have to realize, like you know, during the cup years, it was so expensive to get in the building that for the last couple of years, all, you're getting new fans in the building that can afford it now because it's, you know, you can get a $15 ticket on the secondary market. So mm. you're, you're reaching people who just, just want to experience a Blackhawks game that couldn't for so oh, long. You, you know, I Lee don't know fans, how long that'll last for, but it's working. You know, Leaf fans are pissed off to hear you say you that. You can't like, get a cup of coffee for 15 bucks at a Leafs game. <laughs> well, you want to lose? Where's our, lose our $15 next, ticket? If you lose for the next six years, you might too have $15 <laughs> tickets. How has it been, Laz, the evolution? Because you've been there for the, the the climb and the descent of greatness and a great run of, I don't know how many years you'd call it, eight, nine, ten years. You know, how has it been? What's the difference in covering the team as you go back into one of these sort of, I don't know, valleys? Well, my first year was the lockout season when they won the Cup in 2013. So uh, I, I, I joined the beat, and they immediately went 21-0-3 and, and then won the Cup. So <laughs> okay. uh, I didn't get to see the climb. I, I, I got there at the, at the peak of the mountain, you know, conference final in 2014 and then a, another Cup in 15. It's, it's been interesting. It's been a long, slow, but precipitous decline. And it's kind of sad to see where it's at. I mean, this team was so good and just absolutely owned the city and owned the league. And uh, it's it's the, the the fact that they're just now bottoming out, like they just they treaded water for so long the last four or five years that this should have happened years ago, right? You could have rebuilt this and kept Kane and Taves and had them uh, during that peak, but instead you kind of wasted their prime years, and now you're doing this too late. Well, that's so I was going to ask shame you. That, Sorry to interrupt. I'm just gonna, should they have called, like pulled the plug earlier on these guys and just moved on from the cup years, or you know they hung on for a while here and it's looking ugly? Yeah, that's absolutely. But it's, yeah. it's easy to say that in hindsight, right? But I mean, the fact is, they won three Stanley Cups. You can't complain about that, right? You can't. Right. But the fact is, they their window should have been so much. They could have been like Boston, where they're just contenders every single year, except they would have had multiple cups to it too. I mean, you could have had a fourth cup. You could have, who knows? Or at the very least, you could have been great still. 
and they just mismanaged the roster really badly in those last few years of Stan Bowman's tenure. Uh, the Jeremy Colleton era did not go well. Uh, and then, you know, they, they try to rebuild in the COVID season and then they short circuited and they were, they mortgaged the future for Seth Jones. And they just put themselves in such a bad position now that Kyle Davidson has a lot of digging to do before he can start climbing back out. Just uh, one final one for me. Uh, Mark is, uh, you just mentioned him, Kyle Davidson, uh, much like Jerry Colligan, uh, a young guy, not much experience. How much is this uh, Kane Taves uh, situation going to matter to him uh, in the future in terms of maybe setting him up uh, long term here? Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, right, he's he's done done good work so far. You know, he's turned... You know, uh, you know, some lemons into lemonade with you know turning Alex Nylander into Sam Lafferty, turning Riley Stillman into Dickinson, who's been really good. He's shown a knack for making savvy, smart moves. He got, you know, yeah, he traded Brandon Hagel, but he got Taylor Radish, who's like a 15 goal scorer already, and two first round picks out of it. So if he can maximize his value on Kane and potentially Taze and some of these other guys, you know, the Hawks are set up pretty well. They've got Kevin Korchinski, they've got Frank Nazar, they've got Lucas Reichel, Alex Plastic. They have young guys ready to come up, and they've got all these first and second round picks in the next couple of years. In theory, they're in good shape. It's just going to take a long time to get there. Hey, Mark, really appreciate your work for us, man, uh, covering the Chicago Blackhawks as, as they get set to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thanks for doing this, Mark. You got it. Anytime. Appreciate right, it. Thanks. Mark Lazarus from The Athletic covering the Chicago Blackhawks. Do you think if they got Bedard, they would trade some of those assets and try to get better sooner? Or do you think they'd just let these young guys come along? Uh, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, no, no, no. Listen, it. at the end of the day, is Crosby, Mario, uh, Eric Lindros, you, you don't know until you know. You hope mm-hmm. that they can come in and be dominant, and some of them have coming in and scoring 60, 70 points, and they're as an 18 year old. But I, I don't think it would cause the Chicago Blackhawks to all of a sudden st- stick their yeah. foot on the, the, the pedal. Right. Now, interesting, you know, when we talked about where the vision of the league would be or TNT or ESPN, like, they don't want him to go to Arizona. They don't. They See, wa- some people think they do. No, absolutely not. They want him. Look at. Look at all the outdoor games. Oh, Look I know. at every, Chicago is every like... it's Chicago, it's Boston, it's New York. Yeah. Those are the numbers. The caps, the That's penguins. where the stars. Yeah. It's Chicago, it's Boston, and it's New York. It's Pittsburgh because of Sid. Right. It's not because of Pittsburgh. But you attack those numbers in America with stars, that's what US television wants. Mm-hmm. Give me Connor Bedard on the Blackhawks. The more we talk about this, the more I'm certain it's I'm, going to accidentally happen. I'm still Team CBJ. Yeah, like I, I want that for like fairness for line. and yeah for poor Ports line. <laughs> but like uh, the strength of the NHL is important too, and Chicago and Philly still pretty appealing. Sid scored 102 points in his yeah. year in eight when he was 18 years now, old. Now is that good? Yes. A hundred and two. When he's 18. 18. I know, it's dumb. He played on Lemieux's team. They literally handed him the torch. I'm kind of nervous for him next year that if he doesn't score 90 or 100 points wherever he is, that somehow that'll feel... Oh, Yeah, that'll feel like uh, he may be letting people down. 
Do you have any idea what Sid has this year for points? I want to say 68. Uh, Close. He's 10th in NHL scoring, right? I'll nip it on the heels of Jack Hughes, a 65 in 53 games. All right. I'm not I bad. mean, not bad. pouring pucks in the net still. Yes. He's, got, he's got 25 snipes. Going to finish the year with 35. You know, 35 and 90-some points or something. You know, no big deal. He is, uh, he's got 541 goals in his career, 933 assists. So he'll probably be up over 600 goals by the end of, well, by it's, by it's all said and done. Over oh, yeah. a thousand assists by the time it's all yeah. said and done. Which, hey, which I think. Talk know, about living up to the hype. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, LeBron's been getting all that love lately. Crosby deserves a lot of love for coming in with that yeah. sort of, you know. Sid isn't a corny egomaniac, so it's a big difference. <laughs> uh, love LeBron. You, you I cut, love LeBron, too. But like, no, no, he's those things. Oh, he's yeah. corny and yeah. an egomaniac. Uh, speaking of American television, you catch a story about uh, the Bally regional sports. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask Panger about that, but I didn't want to, like, yeah. know if that was too close to the, uh, I don't uh, know. Basically, they, they, they own about 42 pro sports uh, regional uh stations or coverage and they they had a balloon payment of about 140 million dollars interest payment and didn't didn't make it yeah i'm like sometimes i forget to pay the visa 140 schmill (laughs) that one might get your attention i get nervous when i miss the visa bill yeah like how do you miss that balloon payment well i actually i did read about that i guess human error like the like the coyotes last year human when they they missed the payment on their rank that's right like Oh, human error. Yeah. It was human error. Didn't go through bad Wi-Fi connection when I tried <laughs> to make the payment. But I saw that they bought all those regional rights at once for like yeah. $10.6 billion by borrowing $8.6 billion, <laughs> which seems like oh, a large chunk. So that was pure interest that they owed on the $8.6 oh billion that God. they borrowed. So wow. I'm no... Boys, Business I guy. I would but... borrow 20 from you guys for lunch. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, I, I don't think it'll it. affect anybody watching this season, but I think next year could change. Well, it hurts franchises who are expecting payments, it sounded like. You know, my understanding is that, like, you know, yeah. the teams get some payments from the network for that, and the Coyotes can't go without too many payments yeah. that are coming in. Or haven't been able to in the past, anyway. All right, we're going to tee up Toronto and Chicago, Sammy. What do we want to do? We want to take a quick break well, here, we could, or think, we want to go? A, you want to take a break? I think we break and then we come in and just hit the Leafs to the buzzer. And we got uh, uh, plenty of Kippers Clippers to get to. Plus, I'm we... freezing and I need to turn and warm it up. And <laughs> well, that's reason enough to go to break. Okay, we'll take this. Uh, Breather to uh, get uh, Justin's temperature. Uh, get some chamomile in. in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, uh, give us a thumbs up for Darren Pang. If you haven't already, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And Almost 1,300 watching today on YouTube. Awesome. I don't know what the hell got into people. hearing people that. Bored? What's going on? It's only getting better. Love Trade it. deadline. Closing in on the Stanley Cup playoffs yet again. Love this time Please of talks. year. All right. Catch the we're fever. back after these words. Real Kipper and born. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, plenty to still get through when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs playing the Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks are 0-7-1 in the second half of back-to-backs. If the Leafs drop this one, 
<laughs> I think the show's canceled. Buddy, this is the exact one they viewers. dropped. We might have 2,000 viewers tomorrow. At least this one. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one show we had just, yeah, we had 2,000. It was after they lost to Anaheim. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like Leafs talk had like 25,000 views that night. <laughs> yeah. People love crisis. Well, well, I, I've played Why? here. I grew up here. I'll never understand that. I, that oh, it's it's the that passion. It's we the have true more passion that listeners passion. or viewers when they stink than when they do well. Well, but what's there to say when they do well? Like, oh, that was pretty good, eh? Well, no. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, there's nothing to break down. Not, like they not did to get, it right. Not to get too inside baseball here, but I think a underachieving team that's supposed to be good and is playing poorly is the perfect sports talk radio team. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the expectations are high. You're under expectations, and people want to know why, and they want blood because they're pissed off because they're the under the the yeah. expectations, right? Yeah. So I mean, look at Vancouver. Vancouver this year, like all their podcasts, this is everybody's frothing at the mouth. All they care about is getting more contact. And even the swinging expectations, if they're low and you're hot, yes. then people like it. But when you're yeah. right in line with the expectations, no, like, they're like, ah. that year, like. Gord Stellick did least post game every game after the 2015 season where they were just like trying to be bad with Babcock. Like, what the hell did they talk about? I don't know. Oh my god. Anyways, William Nylander still. Yeah. All right. We uh, we've heard different versions of uh, Sheldon Keefe since the loss against Columbus Saturday night. We got a very short Sheldon Keefe on Monday. Tuesday, he was a little longer. (laughs) Where do we go with Sheldon today? Let's find out on what he expects tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious. I mean, anytime you lay an egg, you want to come back and and have a a good effort. But really, our focus is more like Friday, less like Saturday. You know, we we did a good job on Friday on the road. It was disappointing to come back and, and have two periods like we did. Uh, to let the ga- the game get away on us here after taking control of the game in the first period, but yeah, I mean Friday's recipe was pretty good, and we're gonna you know, look to get that get back to that. Still didn't, still not happy with Saturday, huh? No, uh, has moved on. I'm really happy how pissed off he still is about that. To be honest with you. But do we need to listen to more clips before I share your yes. theory from pre-show? Okay. Yeah, okay. and you know, um, I mean, we've got different ones, but. Since we are on the topic of Sheldon Keefe and how hard or, or soft he was on the guys this week, I, I think this one kind of says it all because uh, this one came from our Luke Fox, didn't it? Yeah. All he, the good questions do. All the tough Luke questions crushes uh, it at morning's come from day. Luke Fox. And uh, he talked to Keith on uh, basically what kind of week it's been for him uh, getting the guys ready. Uh, there's no question that they know. I think we, we, it allows you to both in the fact that there's a little bit of a break in the schedule here, you know, since we, you know, since we played that game, um, allows that in itself, allows some time for reflection, time for discussions and meetings with individuals and, and with the team collectively. Um, but our guys know, you know, and they, they felt it the other night too. They weren't, they weren't happy with it, but, uh, you know, we, we'd like to be, uh, you know, rather than being, unhappy after the fact we, we want to be able to address and fix things while they're happening that's what good teams do um and uh we weren't able to do that the other night obviously we got a big power play goal to start the third period and you th- thought okay we'll be okay here now and then wasn't enough from there but 
just in terms of our individual process, habits, details, all those types of things, when that slips, you know, it's, it's a good chance to, you know, to get the team uh, get refocused and we'll expect better tonight. All right, there you have it. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not in the room there. I've not spoken to anybody uh, directly about what kind of week it's been, but those, those kind of weeks can go two ways for players. Mm-hmm. And we just listened to Darren Pang. He's been around a long time. Didn't really give too much thought into a Saturday night loss to Columbus. Other than that, yeah, it's still off the all-star break. And maybe we're still at the the, the tail end of uh, the dog days of winter. And they kind of lost their focus. Or was it one of those weeks building up to tonight, JB, where Sheldon's all over them. Meetings, video. Uh, that's the and, one, and, and and you know, you know, some players are like, "Oh my God, would this guy just shut yeah, up we've had already?" Eight meetings since the last enough, game. Enough, yeah. enough. Is there a danger of that happening? Yeah, there is, but I don't think you're in a position to care if you're the coaching staff. You, it's like you know, this has to get cleaned up. We're now down to what is it, twenty seven games. I am interested in in one of the things he said about individual meetings. We've been able to have some individual meetings throughout the year. You play a game, you travel, you're on the road. Like you'll notice habits of a player slip and you don't have time to sit down with them and go through the video. You're on to the next place and on to the next team meeting. And, you know, this will will have been a real time for them to pull guys aside and say, hey, Justin Hall, you were huge for us when everyone was out. But here's what's happened the last five games. And here's why you're sitting down. You know, Wayne, here's what I'm curious to know. Who do you think that they would be talking to? Like, if you have individual me- meetings with guys, oh my God. you know, I, I don't even know. I, you mentioned Justin Hall. Yeah. Sandine, I, for I, me? I, I wouldn't even want to be uh, Engvall this week right. in those meetings. For sure. You were just benched last game. Here's your habits. What, That's what, a great one. 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, you know, Keith pulled him in. It was like, here's why. Here's our expectations of you. So it's a little bit, uh, I think they call it in that coaching office, a tightening. Give him a little tightening. Well, tighten him up. I, if I can share my pre-show theory here now. Yes, I think we're ready for time, it. That I think he probably is harping on that loss and it did piss him off in the moment. And we heard him after the game when he was giving us his two-second clips, a tort style. But there's probably a part of him that, liked that loss because in the back of his mind he knows I can push these guys so much harder now than I would have been able to if they just had to beat Columbus six cob like it's so much more of a learning experience for these guys and he shouldn't be learning still because they do this all the time but like I'm sure part of him liked them losing that game so he could push harder it is hard to get players attention when their habits are slipping and you win anyway they don't perform well and they outscore their problems and you go in and you say here's what I'm seeing and they go yeah 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 we're just going to keep winning thanks bud So there is some weight to Sam's theory that it's like, you know, hey, like we can lose to Columbus on any given night when we play like that. So how are we going to be against the Bruins in game one, in game five, in game seven? And it'd be easier to give them the benefit of the doubt if they played poorly against like even an average team. But we know the numbers about facing bottom eight teams, right? Like five wins, 13 tries, five wins, 13 tries. Do you know what the Lightning's record is in those games? Uh, No, but I'm excited to hear. 20. They are 13-0-1 for a 964 <laughs> winning percentage, plus 32 goal differential, and the Bruins are 11-1 for a plus 32 goal differential. The least goal differential in those games is plus four. Useful or useless? Extremely useful. What does but, that tell us? I mean, it 
I don't know if you've looked at the standings today, but there's a certain other blue and white yeah. team that has hopped the Leafs in points percentage. Just w- before we go into that, Sammy, just one no, more for me, and it kind of touches on what you're saying. I, I, I wouldn't have stopped at uh, Justin Hall. I would have, I would have looked at the Chicago Blackhawks ten, uh, tonight, and I would have pulled somebody else out. To and, me, to me, it's Sandine. Engvall. To me, it's Sandine. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandine, Angle. Yeah, yeah. Take two or three of them. Yeah. Don't take one. I totally I, agree with that. Like, okay, you know what? All right. Hey, Angball, you have a seat up there, and I'm bringing in Hunt. The only, the only reason I would think that maybe you wouldn't want to do it is because you had to sit in the loss for four days. So if those guys are on the imaginary, whatever their fifth line is, for three practices or whatever, that's a long time to send that message. It's not like you play a day later and you send a message for a game and you're right back at it. It's a pretty long time to you yeah. know, have guys kicking yeah. around the fifth line and the seventh or the fourth pair. All right, you touched on it. Caught a good portion, not all of it, of Tampa Bay last night against mm-hmm. Colorado. Yeah, I was and, watching Islanders uh, Ottawa. Sammy watched the other half of that game. And then uh it also dawned on me that uh Tampa Bay hasn't been the best team on the road, but they're really really good at home. Yeah. Only the Boston Bruins better. And all of a sudden, the Leafs don't have Game 7 mm. <laughs> any longer. 27 games at home. The Lightning have lost four. <laughs> not a good time to lose home ice advantage. No. No, it's not good. <laughs> Giver. Sammy? I watched, good. I, you know, I watched the first half of that game before my eyes started to get a little bit heavy. But I had the thought that they may be better this year. Tampa they, may be better than last year. Points a year better. Colton is a... Well, Hagel's Col- really taking strides. And, like, Colton is exactly what the Leafs need in the bottom six. Goes the, goes the right direction, takes the puck to the front of the net, gritty, hits. Probably going to score 20. I don't even know where he's at, but I, I, he's got upside. Hagel, like you said, has gone to another level. You know, like, Sergachev looked unbelievable last night. Hedman, still great. You know, and... I just... I, I, I think the Leafs are good. I, I, but get, I just don't think they can beat. I don't think I get, they can oh, beat them. Oh goodness I, I, me! I, I get the Leafs were were close last year against Tampa, but can you remember that it, it was close without Braden Point? Yes, I can. Well, yeah, he was kind of limping he around for. Really, it looked like he was fast yeah. last night. Yeah, and happy and healthy. Don't know what it's going to look like in uh, yeah six weeks from now, but. Yeah. Man, oh man. Uh, again, you're talking about a Toronto Maple Leaf team that they look at home records and the two best teams in the league, the Boston Bruins and Tampa Bay, 22-2-3 and three are the Boston Bruins. As Sammy said, 21-4-2 and two at home for Tampa Bay. And those are the first two teams you got to play. Yeah, but like Vasilevsky's scary. only a 920 save percentage right now in this season oh. in 40 starts. 40 starts. 40 you starts for Vasilevsky. Last night? They had no chance. It was like uh like the it look literally right. looked like a brook looked brick like wall. the school wall that yeah. I used to hit the tennis ball against when I was like in grade 4. All right, so what are we doing here? <laughs> T- big enough Tampa Bay here. What what is the point? <laughs> I, I 
I don't have a point, Barney. Other than we that, don't. We I am, know. I am just a little discouraged today. <laughs> yeah. I'm inc- well, it's a little down off of Columbus loss. I'm incredibly worried. Yeah. That, well, you know, like, if the Leafs don't do something in the bottom six or out of defense, or like, it could be less than seven games this time. Here, here's my takeaway when I go down the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and just it, – it's name after name of guys who can do something. You know, they're Hegel, Kalorn, Paul, Colton, and then you get down into it and it's Sorelli, but it's also uh, Maroon and it's, you know, Bogosian and guys that have a clear, they do something. And that has been a complaint on this show about the bottom six is like, the old what would you say you do here? Uh, finding guys who have a purpose, whether it's physicality or killing penalties or whatever. So to me, Pat Kane's not the answer here. The bottom six need guys who have a purpose. And, you know, Barbashev can provide some offense in the bottom six and some physical play. Sure. Maybe that becomes more of a priority than a guy like Kane. All right. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe on, on keeping the guys motivated okay. because there is, there's a lot of hockey here still to be played before we get to any stage against Tampa Bay and Boston. Let's just pick up on Sheldon Keefe talking about uh, what he needs to do to keep the guys on track. Well, I, I think there's there's a few things there. You know, I think it's you know keeping the keeping the focus on uh, the daily process of improving and having our game ready and not looking too far down the road. I mean, we know what we're building towards and working towards, but we need to continue to build and work towards that, not just wait for it to come. Uh, so that's really what it is for me is just focusing on our daily process and. Obviously, got away on us the other day, so it's a really good opportunity for us to lean in on the guys and and teach and and reinforce, uh, you know, what we want to be about as a team. Um, and then you get another game here tonight. Process, process, so, process. But we you we just talked about. I think now that the motivation is what we were just talking about. Look at the standings, fellas. We had a, what What were they up? Six, seven-point cushion mm-hmm. on Tampa when they had that hot stretch. You say, hey, fellas, here are the standings. Look at their home record. Look at the way they're playing. They're only 14-12 on the road, by the way. Who, Tampa? Tampa. Yeah. So they are not as good on the road. They are really damn good at home. You guys have to figure this out, play better. We're playing crappy teams. Time to accumulate some points here, fellas. You know, boring thing to say here, but the best the Leafs have looked this season was when they had the D injuries, Muzzin goes down, Riley's out, even Brody out for a period, and it became team defense as a priority, right? The whole team... It just seemed like... It you, slipped you, you from You would there. have been lucky to get four quality shots in the it slot. Couldn't right. get a sniff against them. Yeah. Nothing. They were above, 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 and, you know, it's definitely <laughs> slipped. Is since, that just mid-season? Since when? I don't know, New Year's Eve? <laughs> Honestly, since Morgan Riley came back into the lineup. Yeah, I know. And I don't want, like, a, listen, it's I don't want, not saying it is because of, but that is a fair demarcation point. It really feels like, what was that first game back that he came? It wasn't against, oh, oh yeah, it was against Arizona. Phoenix. Yeah, or Arizona. He tossed a pizza up the middle and they lost. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not trying, I don't want to turn this into a Morgan no, Riley. No, 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 we're not. It's just, it just, uh, there, there's something to be said about it, Sammy. That it he, he changes the dynamic or uh, where maybe guys are slotted. Mm-hmm. I just just it's a, it's a different rhythm with him back there, no doubt. And we've seen him at his best. We've seen him good. We've seen 
the team thrive when Morgan's Morgan. Yeah. So why hasn't that level been reached by now? Yeah, he hasn't found his game yet for me. You know, where he's breaking the puck up the ice and confident and looks fast and shooting it. He hasn't found that yet. One thing I do want to, you mentioned him like where guys are slotted. Is there any scenario with who they add for this decor coming in, in your mind, where Rasmus Sandin is in the lineup in game one for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Like every way, you know, barring injury, every way that I shake out who they add, what happens. So I. It seems like he can't get the puck out against the hard four, Jack. Well, that's. that's whenever it. I watch the games, that's what he can't do. And, and so the problem is, and you may have seen some of the same commentary that I've seen on Twitter recently, but I've also thought about is like it's a bit of a Travis Dermott thing here, where you've got a guy on the third pair who doesn't kill penalties and he doesn't have offensive upside, right? He didn't light it up on the power play when he had his chance. He has good numbers when he's sheltered and on the third pair, but you just don't trust that he's going to be a great defender either. So, you know, we talk about what you're going to do here. It's hard for me to see Sandine in, assuming they add somebody. And I am saying all this, assuming they're adding somebody. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. There's no question, uh, as we've stated many times, the lily pad has uh, leaped. Sure, he loves that nice name. <laughs> what? He's been the lily pad as long as we've discussed him. I know. I'm just. I always laugh at that that name. Anyways, it's a playoff. His name. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, no. It's so anyway. Uh, the, keep that in mind with Sandine. Can he play his way into the lineup? Can he play his way into higher prominence? Does a trade affect that? Don't you agree with me, though, on Sandine? It's like the more the guys lean on him, he can't get it going north. Yeah. It really feels like he Hard gets far. checks are tough for And him. there's times when he could step up, and uh, I don't know who he dropped uh, oh my the, uh, two nights ago. He has great hit timing. Like in front of the Leaf bench. Where Columbus. He, he, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of, you can see the whole bench go, wow, we yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool. Can you do that again? Uh, like, no, you guys saw him at the blue and white thing the other night or whatever. Yeah. Like he's just not a big person. No, he's not. So a big person. you can have great timing and you can be physical. Yeah, but it's but tough it's on your terms. Yeah, it's tough when you're you know at Toyota Yaris and not a I don't know Ford Explorer. He when he caught the I forget who it was. Was it Kent Johnson? He caught. Yeah, it was. So he, and then they flash to the bench and TJ Brody's there and he just had that big stupid toothless grin on his face <laughs> like he's just like oh my god I'm so happy that happened but uh, anyways that's fun yeah all right we got more clips yeah, I think we got a couple more all right go back to uh, Sheldon talking about uh, Pat Kane yeah the idea of not the trade Kane but the what they defending Kane right yep just how much you have to be aware uh, take away his time and space and take away his options. That's that's just really important. I mean, he's the vision and the skill and the ability to control a game is better than anybody really uh, in terms of in terms of how he uh, can slow the game down, speed the game up when he wants to, and find people. It's he's an exciting player to watch that way, but uh, he's he's certainly not one we we want to watch. We need to be able to get on top of him quick. See, you 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 asked me something earlier in the show about maybe the. The, what kind of feel he would have as in showcasing himself. And, of course, with three Stanley Cups and the greatest Chicago Blackhawk in history, uh, just nothing to prove there. But yeah. he's not a dumb guy either. He knows uh, 
a nice show tonight would get out quick quicker out of the city of Toronto yeah. than anywhere else on the planet. Kane 100%. scores three tonight, right? boys. Uh, it's our whole show tomorrow. You know it. You, and he knows it. He just, he knows it. And not that it would make him lean one way or another, but he's a proud guy. And there's nothing more than he would, that, than he would like is to put on a good show on the biggest stage yeah. in, in hockey. Yeah. I, I really am confident. I might even put some of my hard-earned dollars on a Patrick Kane goal tonight. Well, you know, for for a guy who's been a year and a half, two years of nothing to play for, you know, there's a bit of purpose right now as he plays towards the deadline to show people he's healthy. Toronto's one of the team that may have interest. We all know he makes ungodly sums of money, so it's hard. But you can see him being like, okay, the Rangers are over. If I want to go, I need to be desirable. You're right, Sammy. I would bet on a solid performance from him tonight. Uh, do we have a clip of the Leaf power play that yeah. Sheldon went to? Uh, do you... You want to listen to it? I do. Let's have it. Holy Jesus. <laughs> so that's that, you know, an overall theme for us is just to really have a an increase in the pace and the consistency in which the puck arrives to the net. So that's all the players on the ice buying into that. And I think we have seen that uh, for some time now. But it so happened that... You know, there's a little bit of improvising the other night with Willie to to Mitch and then and then to Morgan, but uh, we think through through the process of attacking the net consistently, we'll we'll get more of those types of plays that are broken that we can, you know, improvise on. So he just thinks they're too perimeter. Yes, they're not I getting, love attack the net with not, consistency. Not, not getting anything through. We got to get something through. Because it's when you get a team scrambling that the elite talent of Mitch Marner and Matthews and those guys can really do their damage, right? You get someone on their heels, slightly out of position. When they're in their structure and you're just passing around trying one-timers. There's just nothing uh, scarier in the playoffs than a hot power play against you. Yeah, I, uh, it just changes everything. Yeah, the way you think, hit, uh, how you think the officials look at you, what you can get away with, what you can't. It's a, it's just such a big dynamic. Yeah, I'll give you the power play percentages of the last four of the last five Cup champions. Last year, Colorado's thirty three percent in the playoffs. The, on the in the playoffs. Oh my God! Last, really? The year before that, Tampa Bay thirty two percent in the playoffs. The year before that, they're 23% in the playoffs. Then the Blues win a cup with a crummy power play. I think it was in the teens. And then the year before that was the Capitals at almost 30% in the playoffs. Got to have it. I mean, it's you don't get many chances at five on five. It, there's no room. It's one of the chances you have to use your elite talent, which the Leafs have in spades. Well, and just for your homework tonight, go find out the last few years of the Leafs power play in the last few months of the regular season and into their first rounds that they've lost. Yeah, and they're, they're it, in the teens and below. It's yeah, it's a disaster. Yeah, the first half they're like 30-some right? percent. The second yes. half they're like 50, you know, whatever, 18% and then playoffs they're like yeah. 14%. With the same $40 million players. Yeah. Well, the thing he said in that clip that stuck out to me the most, and it's the thing that I notice most when I watch him play, is the pace line. I feel on like the power play. on the power play. Yeah, I feel like they get really, 
little bit lackadaisical. Like, it's almost like there's too many good guys out there, and they're like, we'll eventually find one. Yeah. Well, eventually, the puck will eventually land in a good spot for us, and it doesn't seem that they're snapping it around as fast no. as a lot of other ones no. do. Do you agree with that? Or? Well, I do. it's tough because they're a top five power play by percentage, for sure. but it's slipped since Christmas. Yeah. I, I do believe that that's where Morgan has to get better yeah. at the top. Yeah. The pace. Is to be more decisive, to have better pace, to mask a few more passes. But is that going to happen? Tells. But would you want him to hit a few early and make people think he might shoot it? Or is that. I point? liked his goal that he. he he was not typically in a spot that you've seen him. Right, somewhere else. That's right, moving around. Exactly. Yeah, good finish. But that's, you know, Sheldon's right. That comes off making them scramble. But like, do you believe that he can no. get faster? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, if you, I if sure you lean on they, him. They had a few meetings. Yeah. Well, maybe. If, if you lean on him, you can maybe. make him. <laughs> Few practices Zip it a this bit. week. <laughs> We've been watching this for how many years now? It's at some point, you know, you the definition of insanity is trying things over and over and over and expecting different results. Uh, trade it's, for Tyson Berry, Sam. I don't know. No, well, it was it didn't work <laughs> with him either. No, his shin pads were the end glass. Was the uh, Tyson Berry story with the Leafs? Yeah. All right, here we are. A uh, little over two weeks to go to the trade deadline. I wanted to get into this the other day, but we ran out of time. But oh, this yeah. was uh, the thought of sitting out players now um, in the event that they get traded. Mm-hmm. Trade-related I mean, reasons. I I get that you don't want to uh, lose an asset this time of year, but if we see some of the better players, like a, I mean, if a kid and his parent, you know, his dad's taking him to a game, and maybe his favorite players. Jacob Chikrin, should he not be able to go and watch Jacob Chikrin play? Yeah, you know, it's tough, tough. You know, in the end, we are an entertainment business. So there's a case to be made that, yeah, he should. But, like, you look at the NBA, they do this, right? They they have time off that they just take. Okay, but not two weeks. Not well, like, and that's you know, it. Six games. So I also think it's it's very dumb. To continue to play someone, you might get a first and a prospect for when you're trying to lose anyway. So I get why teams want to do it. I fully support it as a, if I were in the front office. But yeah, if you're the league, how do you like watching teams who you say are not tanking, not play guys for three weeks? Yeah. Three weeks is too long. When I saw that tweet, uh, was that Saturday night they put that out before their game? The the trade release related ones, I'm like, oh, it must be getting done today. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, like if if it's that serious, it's getting done tonight. And the fact that we're still sitting here, you know, three or four days later and nothing's happened, it's kind of weird. If nothing else, I thought it would have been to put pressure on the other teams to make them think it's happening. You know, like you know, we're this close on a deal. He's sitting out. Give us your final offer. There's there's a lot of game gamesmanship going on right now uh and you know what what gets out what's leaked what's not leaked what's a tester public perception yeah there's a lot going on right now and like i imagine some teams who are up against cap like the leafs want to get as close as they can to the deadline to have the most cap space possible 
You know, so like I imagine, okay, so you, you're close on a Chikrin deal. You say trade related related reasons. You put them in the press box. You say to the other teams, we're doing it. Let's see your best offer. They say, all right, here's what we got. And then you say, okay, thanks. Yeah, we're, we'll probably trade them to that team we said we we're going to in two weeks. We'll get back to you. Yeah. And then you kind of have an idea of where they're at. Although maybe there's some dishonesty there and then that hurts a relationship. I don't know. We'll keep- and then what about coming out of... if. Like, for example, how long, I mean, you know things, Kipper, how much longer do you think this chicken thing's going to drag out? Like, you're having a guy come in who hasn't played in Listen, how long? It's Bill Armstrong's been adamant that, you know, the pieces that he's wanted, it's been well-documented, well-leaked, well-reported. Is there a thought that if he doesn't get his grade-A blue-chip prospect that he doesn't move him at all? And it's limited, guys. It's still limited in terms of who can do what and the willingness to to be all in. It's it's not a strong market in a flat cap. Mm-hmm. And at four point six, there's a premium on Jacob Chip Chikrin. It's not Jacob Chikrin just the player. It's Jacob Chikrin the. $4.6 million player. Right, same as Brandon Hagel. For two more years. We're not just trading the player, we're trading a value contract. That's right. Yeah. And not everybody uh, can find a player like this and fit it in yeah. for two more years. So if he's stubborn enough, if Bill Armstrong's stubborn, stubborn enough, and he has he has got a bit of a reputation now, I'll tell you that, as a, as a guy that uh, a lot of general managers in a perfect world would you know, not have the patience to go through a process. Except Kyle Dubas, of course. Kyle's yeah, had some boys, good luck huh? with them. Yeah. But there's others that say he's tough to to talk to. Really? And there's a level of frustration sometimes with him. That's interesting. Yeah. All I know is I saw him and his staff go to the draft all dressed the same. Really? And I, yeah. yeah. And I was like, He's different. Were, the, they, were they wearing Hawaiian shirts? What were they wearing? No, they were all, all wearing the same matching. Was it a blue suit or something like that? Like they all dressed exactly the same. And it was like, but, I get so, showing cohesion, cohesion, but he's clearly a different type of guy. But if he gets what he wants, it's a game changer for him, yeah. the organization, the next three, five, seven, ten years. And that's what you, you hold out. He wants a home run with Jacob Chikrin and his contract. And Kraus, too? I would assume that everybody's got a price now. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, the other thing, too, is we're going to watch between now and the trade deadline. How many guys go on waivers, the back and forth? Hey, all of a sudden, um, who's on the who's on IR? Who's on long-term IR? Well, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. There's a five, $6 million contract bunch. out of nowhere. Bad back, bad knee. Yeah, a bunch of people about to get hurt. A bunch of people are about to get hurt. Which is, my friend Sam McKee would say, sick league, Gary. Sick Sick calf, you know? like Great job. I'm trying to bury it. One thing that I saw, one random, I think it was Dave uh, Pagnotta or Pagnotta from, I don't know how to say it, from the fourth period, mentioned that Mackenzie Weger, that contract could potentially get traded. Well, not contract, that player could potentially get traded before his no move activates on July 1st. Um, he mentioned Ottawa as a potential partner who would have to get rid of Zaitsev. But, you know, I am curious to see what the Flames do here because this team is killing me. Like, they're better than this, aren't they? 
And miss the playoffs after making the massive moves they made? How about Jonathan Huberto? You know he's on pace for? 58 points. Yeah. After well, 100 and some points, he's There are some nights I'm not sure he's playing 15 minutes. There's not, some nights I'm not sure he's playing. Period. End of sentence. Yes. <laughs> oh. You know, when you watch the games, it's... Yeah, they need way more from him. They need Markstrom better. Sounds like Sutter's pretty hard on old Marky. He needs to get his head right. Be kind of scary to think that you'd have to think about making major moves when you've made major moves. Yeah, you just replaced limbs on the team, and now you're going to replace a heart or something. I don't know. Wow. Okay, give me a score tonight. Does Chicago, does Chicago score? Bachman Turner Overdrive taking care of business for the Leafs tonight. 5-1. Yo, you give them one because Chicago has played 19 games with one goal or less. Oh, my. The worst in the league. Oof. You're giving them one when? <laughs> First shift. I'm shooting my shot here. I'm going 9-1 Leafs. <laughs> Austin? How many does Austin now have scheduled to play tonight? <laughs> now they're he gets, losing. He gets five. Oh, they're losing. They get back on pace in the uh, Rocket Richard. I'm, bet, I'm right. betting on the Blackhawks now. Okay, our thanks to Darren Spanky Pang for thanks, coming in Spankers. in studio. That was fantastic. Uh, Mark uh, Lazarus from the Athletic joining us, giving us a, a good rundown of the Chicago Blackhawks and what we can expect tonight. All of you watching tonight over, what, 1,300 on YouTube. Thanks for joining us. We're back tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Real Kipper and Bourne.